Hello, welcome back to the latest episode of You Are My Borough with myself, Dom Shaw, and uh, we, we've got a cup game to talk about. Not Borough's win at Exeter City on Tuesday night. We'll obviously talk about that in great depth when we do our second episode of the pod with with and the vid with, with Scott later this week. Uh, we'll look back on that win, by which point we'll know who Borough have been drawn against in the quarterfinals, and we'll obviously look ahead to the game against Plymouth on Saturday. Uh, but we've got a special guest in now, and we're going to be looking ahead to a big FA Cup tie for Whitby Town, for which Jonathan Franks, former Borough striker and Hartlepool striker and various other club striker, uh, is now assistant manager. Thanks for joining us, John. Much appreciated. No problem. Thank you very much for having me. Away to Bristol Rovers on Saturday then. That's some draw, isn't it? Yeah, very good draw. Um, possibly one of the best we could have hoped for, really. Um, obviously, with it going to just up to League One. So, they're a big club in that league. Um, get plenty of fans, so... I'm sure the hierarchy would be we're pleased with the draw. For you then, I mean, you're assistant gaffer there now, um, but you're kind of no age, really. How old are you? 33? 30? 33, mate, yeah. Yeah, so how, how, how did it come about then? That, that, and we're, we're going to have a, a look back on your Borough career and a good chat about that. How, how did it come about that you kind of went into coaching and management so early? Um, well, I, I took I took the retirement because of um, I'd been abroad, Iceland and I come back and there was nothing really, nothing really there that was good enough financially really for for me to support a family. So I took the decision to go instead of going back abroad. Took the decision to to retire um, and just go play for Stockton Town because um, I know they were on the ascendancy really and they want they've got ambition. Um, and it was my hometown club and I got a job with their main sponsors. Um, so kind of like they retired me basically. Map Group. Um, but then obviously my time at Stockton was, was really good, enjoyed it, but then Whitby gave me the call to, if I wanted to do a player coach role, so, and I always wanted to do the coaching, I, I've been ready to do the coaching for the last few years of my career, to be honest, because as everyone knows, I had a, I had a bad back, I, I'd done my back when I was 17, so, kind of, and I had an operation at 20, so it kind of managed that for, for a good 10, 12 years of my career, and it, and it was difficult in the end, and, um, I think when you're not enjoying it, I think it's time to like say, right, that's enough. And that's what I did. So I just enjoyed my football at Stockton. And um, obviously the Whitby thing, just going into the coaching was exactly what I wanted to do. And I spoke to the chairman at Stockton Town and they've got plenty of coaches at Stockton and, and Whitby needed one. And they've asked me to go over. So that's what I did, play a coach. Um, and I did that for a little bit and then the manager left. So... Because they were joint managers, Nathan and Bully. Um, Bully left, Nathan stepped up, and then he just asked me to be his assistant. And it was a no-brainer, really. So I'm still down as playing, um, and I'll play in emergencies. But in one year, we haven't had one emergency. So I haven't had to play. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're trying to tell you something there. What, what, um, when you said there about retirement early, like for a lot of players, they'd find that incredibly hard to deal with, having to retire at what whatever age, 30, 31. Mentally, were you equipped for that? You talked there about your injuries and how you were maybe ready. Did were you were, did you feel ready for that? And, and because of that, did it feel, did, was it any easier or or not? Uh, initially, I thought, yeah, I'm ready. Physically, I was ready because um, I was only training a couple of times a week instead of training every day. Um, I mean, I was naturally fit. It's just the the, the injuries and stuff. Um, I thought I was ready, and at first. I really enjoyed it the first couple of months, but then after time, after six months, seven months, it, it hits you hard. It, it really does. Like 
you're in the real world again. Like I know football's a job and stuff, but I was do you then going from just playing football uh, and you're you're so focused on your football, and then you've got a real job, and then you've got to get get motivated for your football separately, which is good. It was a little bit of a release, but it it, it did it does hit you hard at some point, and you, you've got to get through it. And I I did struggle to be honest. There was a point in my life where I thought, oof, this is hard, um, but. Like I say, that, that kind of goes back to I, I was probably ready to stop playing altogether. Um, and then since the Whitby things come, um, it's kind of like I've had a new leash of life, life, mate. Like the coaching, I love it. Absolutely love it. Me, Nathan and, and, and Matty will just go we'll go all over, watch games. Um, we're always on the chat, like talking about football, 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 like what we're going to do, what they're going to do. Just, it's it's brilliant. I love it. And uh, I kind of got the bug back again. Like, I didn't fall out of love of football. I, I love football. Football's my life. But, like you say, there's a, there's a little bit of you that thinks, oh, I, I, I'm done playing. Like, I don't enjoy it. Or or I'd rather pick and choose the times you play, but you can't do that. So, the coaching, I, I absolutely love it. And it's something that, for the last couple of years of my career, I really wanted to to do and um it, it it kind of been an agreement anyway if i'd stayed abroad in iceland i was going to go into that sort of role anyway um so obviously moving back into england um postponed it a little bit but that, that's fine and i'm there now anyway and i love it and grateful to nathan for giving me the nathan i'm bullying really to give me the uh opportunity to to experience the coaching and start my coaching career We'll come back to to Whitby at the end, and we'll obviously talk about that game on 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 Saturday. Um, yeah. But for now, going right back to the start, Borough, you, yeah. you you played for England at various age groups through the ranks. Your Borough debut came at West Ham on on, on the last day of the two thousand eight nine season when Borough got relegated. That must have been a, a day of such such mixed emotions. Yeah, it was really really mixed emotions. I mean. That season was was strange, really, because we were kind of on the. There was two or three of us kind of on the borderline of the squad reserves. There was always like your Josh Walkers, uh, Reese Williams, myself, Joe Bennett. Um, been on the bench a few times, but not quite got on. Made our made our debuts, and um, like you say, there'd been a couple of times where I was told I was playing, and then I wouldn't play, so I was disappointed. But the West Ham game was just. I wasn't even in the initial squad. I'd actually, there's a little little story behind it. I'd, we'd finished for the season, finished training on the Friday. First team had their game on the Saturday and that was it. We broke up. So I'd finished ultimately for the season. So I flew home and I thought, I'm going to go on the sunbed. So I went on the sunbed. <laughs> I went on the sunbed. I remember I come out of the sunbed and I had like eight missed calls off my off Martin Scott, the reserve manager. And I'm like, what's, what's up with him? So I rang him back and he went, get your ass back here now. <laughs> You're travelling down to West Ham, Marlon King's pulled out injured, so I'm like, oh, right, brilliant. So, I thought I'm on my oldest, but so anyway, so I fly back to to the training ground, jump on the bus, travel down to West Ham. I didn't think anything of it, I thought, I'll just be on the bench, won't get on. The game's going on, uh, he makes two subs at half-time, he brings Josh Walker on and Joe Bennett, both came on at half-time. And then at midway through the second half, he, he sends Reese Williams out to warm up. So I thought, oh, well, he's coming on. That's me done. I'm not coming on. And then all of a sudden, he just turned around and went, Frank, see you coming on. So I was like, Whoa. so it was like 10, 15 minutes left. So I didn't even have time to to be nervous or anything like that. Just literally jumped her off on. Um, loved every minute of uh, what, 10, 15 minutes, whatever it was. Loved every minute. Touched the ball once. But 
and it was with me head. Um, but brilliant, absolutely loved it. And uh, like you say, the club got relegated that day. So me as a Borough fan, like I like we same as yourself, used to follow them all over um, in Europe and all the cup competitions. And I could go to every game that that I could. As from a young boy, going with my dad and my mates. Um, it was so it was disappointing from that in that way, but for for myself it was like I should be really up here buzzing, but I was a little bit like I was buzzing, but oh my my team just been relegated. But at the back of my mind I was thinking I might get a t- an opportunity next year, um, and I always I always tell this a little bit. But Gareth Southgate, what a guy! Like he gave me he gave me my debut that day, and he's just been relegated as a manager and. It's probably jobs on the line and at the bus, he comes to the back of the bus, sits next to me and goes, did you enjoy that? And then he's like, well, then he like kind of giggled. He's like, well, I understand. He said, but that's where you want to be. He said, you get your head down. The hard work starts for you now. Like that's your little taster. Um, your career is going to start now. So get your head down and, and, and work hard to get in the team. And I just thought for, for a manager that's just been relegated from the Premier League um, in his first job for him to come back to me, as a young lad at the back of the bus, I shouldn't even be in his thought process. Um, I just thought it was it was brilliant, and I'll never forget that. To be honest, and and, and you touched on it there, and I'm glad you did because I was going to ask it, and I, and I didn't know if it was a daft question. Um, but but obviously, as a fan, you're devastated to go down. But but is there a part of you thinking, well, actually, in the championship, I might stand more chance of of playing of playing more games? A hundred percent, yeah. Um, I mean, it wasn't really. I'd never thought about it weeks previous. I never thought, oh, if we go down, I'll get a chance. It, it was always, we were focused, because we were involved in the squad. We were kind of focused on getting the job done and, and be safe. It was a disappointing year for ourselves. And Newcastle, I remember the year. It was the year that she went to... Yeah, yeah. took over the eight games at Newcastle. Newcastle went down as well. So it was a strange sort of, of season. Um, and some of, them, some of them were in the mix as well at the bottom, weren't they? All, all three were, were struggling that year, weren't they, if I remember yeah. right? Yeah, everyone was struggling. Um, I can't remember the other team that come down. I think it was West Brom. I might be wrong. It might have been West Brom. Um, but it was, uh, like you say, it's on the way home, I'm thinking, I've just made, I'm, I'm kind of buzzing inside. I've made my debut here. I've been relegated. Big hitters are going to leave. Um, I've got a good chance here. So I, I worked hard that summer and, um, you know, thankfully got, got plenty of games that year. But like you say, yeah, it's, it's in the back of your mind, definitely, as a young boy. And I was going to say that year, that year, the year after, you played you played a lot of games. You scored, I think, was it three goals? Um, your first yeah. was, it, was it Donny away. What what's that year like? Then is that the year when you you kind of think I've arrived now? I'm I'm a, I'm a Borough player now. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Because before that, you're always you're always looked at as a young boy, and even I was at eighteen, nineteen. Well, I am young, really, but um, you know, these days they're coming through a lot younger, but. 18, 19, I was looked at as a young boy. Um, and I think the next year, the squad, like you say, the big... I think Tunjai stayed for a little bit, but then he left. But all, all, look, quite a lot of main players, that they, they do go out the door. And um, the squad became a lot younger, um, a lot more local lads, um, or lads from, from England, really, rather than bringing in foreigners and stuff. Um, but no, I really enjoyed it and it was good. It was good, good experience. In, in that squad that went down then, because um, obviously, although you didn't make your debut until the last day of the season, you, you'll have been in and around it all year. Who who in that squad were the ones who'd look after the younger lads, who'd put their arm around, around them, who'd, who'd make sure they were they were 
you know, feeling all right and feeling part of it. Was was there any of the more established senior pros who do that? The wall, I can't off the top of my head. I can't think of anyone who wasn't really great. Um, there was obviously players that kept themselves to themselves, but um, so who did we have that year? We had uh, Tunjai, Mido, Al Afonso. Um, the, the the crazy thing is, is if you're on a night out, if you're on a night out, all the senior players look after the young boys. Like they always make sure that they've got enough money, blah, blah, blah. They're getting looked after. They're not getting harassed or whatever. They're always brilliant. In and around the changing rooms. Um, I tell you, the, the best one, the best one for the young boys was Mendieta. Right. He was he was unbelievable. Like Even, even at the time when he wasn't playing, was he? Because Southgate yeah. kind of wasn't him out. Yeah. I'm not sure. He was, I don't think he was there that last year, but the previous years he was there and he was brilliant. Like He used to train with the reserves every day. Um, his attitude was impeccable. Uh, such a good professional. He played reserve games. He didn't play every single reserve game, but if he didn't play straight away, he was on the phone ringing one of the lads asking how we got on. He, he was such a great guy, and he was a good example to learn. I think he was 34, 35 at the time, but he's a brilliant, brilliant player. And uh, his attitude was was spot on, and you know, kind of matched my type of vibe as well because I was quite a good pro at the time, and um, you know, like quite busy to be honest and I loved watching him thinking well, he's 35 he's a multi-millionaire he's not playing at Middlesbrough um, he's away from home and stuff like that. it's unbelievable but he was really really good but there was quite a lot of people who were good with the young guys like even Stuart Downing like he'd been there done that he was good with the young lads um, Gary O'Neill again another one who's now it's no surprise that he's uh, he's managing um Obviously, the championship season, Southgate goes, Stratton comes in. I know we've spoken about this previously. You're probably one of the few players in that squad, or the few on T side at the time, who I have a feeling is going to praise Stratton and tell me how much you enjoyed it by you when he when he was in charge. Stratton, um, funny, funny guy. Like I think manager wise, it wasn't great, um, and he'll probably admit that he's made that he made decisions that probably weren't right, but he, at the time he thought we're right and he'd stand by that. Um, as a coach, I think no matter who you speak to, even if they didn't like the guy, his coaching sessions were were brilliant, like really, really good. Don't get me wrong, sometimes they're a little bit long, especially a day before a game, but as far as like learning and enjoyment in training sessions, they were, they were unbelievable sessions. Really, really love training uh, with Gordon and... Um, yeah, like you say, for me, I'm probably one of the only ones because he gave me plenty of opportunities. And um, I think from day one as well, I remember Colin Cooper pulling me saying um, after the first training session, he said, oh, Gaffer's, Gaffer loves you. Like, you've made a really good impression on him there. Like, keep it going. Um, and that kind of gave me that little bit of a buzz. And I always knew that he liked me. And he was horrible to me. Um, in training, he was on me every day. Like, He'd stop the session in front of everyone, and he wouldn't tell. He wouldn't slate me. Just say, "You need. Um, why do that? Do this. Do this. Do it th like this. Do it better." He was good. Uh, he was so. But with some players, <laughs> like for, like he didn't like Mark Yates, so he'd just pull Mark Yates in front of everyone and just say, "That's rubbish. It's rubbish." But with me, he'd be like, he'd, he'd more advise me, and and the lads were brilliant. I remember Steve McManus because I was playing against him in training. He just said. I had, I was like, again, he's having a go at me again. And then, but Mick was like, 
no thanks he like he, he really he wants you to do well that's why he's talking you know he said just listen to him because he's not having a pop he's he's helping you here and he, so he was good with me right like that and he used to pull me and, and help me so he was good with me so i can't really say a bad word about the guy but i would say management wise he probably got it slightly wrong i think looking back but at the time he did what he thought was right and um, i mean everyone's got their own opinions like in my opinion i probably would have gone and got the best two or three players from Scotland, whereas he went and got 10 11. Do you know what I mean? So I think it's kind of like maybe it's one too many, but um, you know, but I'll learn from that and I'll take that into my coaching career, management career. If I ever leave a football club and I want to bring the players, I'll probably only take the best one or two, not not the full team. Did you stay in touch? With, obviously, you talked there about how much he liked you, how much he rated you. Did Did you stay in touch with him at all? Then after he after no, he I got... spoke to him a couple of times afterwards, uh, but I've not spoken to him for years. No, um, I bumped into him when I was up in Scotland, um, but that's about it. But like, say, great guy he was with me. He was he's a funny, witty guy, and I I, I do feel sorry for him a little bit, like with the Middlesbrough thing, because he's going to get tarnished as as not doing very well at the club, and he was he could only do it in Scotland and stuff like that, but. You know, that's not that's not true. You've got to remember what he did before. He went to Celtic. He's obviously done Southampton. I mean, the guy played in the Premier League when he was 40-year-old. Like, I remember one year he took us away halfway through the summer break, which, again, probably bad management. Took the lads away to my... What, what was it called? Where's the golf place? Was that where, the, was that where there's the famous picture of Gary O'Neill looking like a bronzed god and Barry Robson next to him, who, who looks like he's oh. just desperate for any bit of sun? He looks like he needs to go with you on the... Uh, for 12 yeah, minutes. Yeah, I can't remember where we went. Oh, La Manga. La Manga. He took us to La Manga like halfway through our summer break. So that didn't go down well. But he was joining in the running and stuff, like the long distance running. He's, I think he was 54 at the time. And he's, got a, <laughs> he's got a false, he said he's got a false hip and he's 54 and he was in front of half the place. <laughs> and that just sums the guy up. Like his dedication and his professionalism was unbelievable. And he's a really, really funny guy. But like you say, I think uh, some people took to him, some people didn't. But um, as a, as far as a coach goes, he was outstanding, like one of the best. Um, but I think just management-wise, it just wasn't right. But um, his, his intentions were there, and uh, and people do are close to forget that he walked away and didn't take a penny. He could have what he could have just said, "Pay me up now," or wait until he got the sack. But he just he walked away and was like, "Just keep it." Like, uh, and I think that's some Middlesbrough fans remember that, and I think that's good. Be, be, before we move on to Mowbray. And the messy comment, um, which I'm sure you, you remember. When when you're when you're coming through the ranks, then who who did you play with in the England ranks? And and are you did you see yourself as a centre forward or a winger or kind of a maybe more of like a what would be deemed a forward now, but but it was perhaps a bit more structured back then. What what was kind of what was your best position back then, and, and who were you playing with? Kind of a strange one, really, because all the way through. <clears throat> Growing up, going through the academy, I was always a striker who could play right wing. But then the longer my career went on, I was more going to the wing, um, which I didn't mind because, to be honest with you, when I was a striker, going through the youth ranks, I'd scored goals, but I was never a 20-goal-a-season man. Like I wasn't selfish enough. I'd always, if there was a chance there, I'd probably square it to someone rather than shoot. Like That was just, that was just how I was. Um, so I think... I still don't know now which was my best position. I just think it depends on how the team plays, to be honest. Um, 
But going to the England ranks, I played on the wing for England because uh, they played a kind of four-three-three formation. I was always on either wing, um, and, and the team we had was uh, we had some really good players, lads. Who Henry Lansby was in it. He's just recently retired, had a great career. Um, Dan Goslin, who hasn't got a club at the moment, but he's uh, he's still training at Watford, um, playing at a good level. He'll get somewhere, no problem. Uh, Dan Welbeck, Victor Moses. Um, who was out of this world, Victor Moses, when he wanted to be. I mean, Danny Welbeck was really, really good and a bit different to everyone else, but Victor was just... He just played, like, in third gear every game and he was a joy to watch, to be honest, and a uh, nice lad as well. Um, Danny Rose, who was a midfielder at the time, who obviously got converted to left-back. Um, Justin Hoyt's brother, Gav, um, played right back behind me. Um, we had a good team. We had, we had a good team. We had some good keepers. Jason Steele was in goal. Uh, Smithies, Alex Smithies, who's played for Huddersfield. Yeah. Uh, ben Amos, who's at Wigan, I think. Um, so we had, a, we had a really, really good squad. There's loads of names I've missed off there, but like because they were all in and out. But um, Drinkwater again, another one. We had a really, really good squad, uh, and it was good to be around. And, um, you know, I thoroughly enjoyed it and really good experience. Mowbray comes in at Borough. When you're talking there about Strachan, in terms of kind of personalities, Mowbray and Strachan are complete opposites, really, aren't they? What What was it like then? You were injured, weren't you? you, were, you, you when Mowbray came in, you had a, or, or around the time Mowbray was there, yeah. you, had a, you had a fair few struggles with injuries. But then I do remember Mowbray making the comment of you look like Lionel Messi in training. So you'd, you'd clearly done some at the catch's eye. What, what was it like around that time playing for Mowbray? It was strange because um, I, it, going back, it, it was my back operation I was out with when he came in. And I remember the my, my first back problem was when I was 17. But so not, at this point now, I'm 20 year old. And my back went in pre-season again. And um, I remember I went to see the manager, or me and the physio went to see the manager and, and Strachan at the time and Strachan was like look don't worry go get your back sorted he said my son had a bad back and he said he never got it sorted and he struggled he said go get the operation blah 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 he said don't worry like you're, you're, you're going to be coming back into my squad into my team type thing he said so don't worry about anything else just go get yourself sorted out um, and it was literally halfway through my rehab when he resigned um, and he kept me involved as well. He kept me involved with the squads and going to games and stuff. And he kind of resigned. So I was a bit like, I was a bit gutted at the time. So I was like, well, I'm injured now. And there's going to be a new manager coming in. It doesn't look great. Um, so Mowbray came in and I was still injured. For, I was obviously, I had another couple of months left on my rehab. So done my rehab. And um, I remember it was my first week. First, was it my first week or first train? It might be in the first training session. I remember and it was just, one of them sessions where everything went right. I, I was buzzing to be back in. I had brand new bright yellow boots on. <laughs> and, he was, and he kept coming up and he said, made a gold dust them boots on now. Like, <laughs> and I, I remember just like, I remember I was on Kevin Thompson's team. Now, Tomo, another one, struggled with injuries. What a player he was. And it was just like, we, we took the piss basically. Like, it was just goal after goal, setting goals up, taking people on class and it was like that all week and I was like this is mintness like I felt really good and they had a game against Cardiff I think at home and he was like look I can't he said I can't put you in the squad because you've only done like three days training he's like but 
keep that going. And he said, you'll be in. Um, so I was buzzing and obviously he came out with that comment and it, it, in the in the press conference. So it made me feel like a million dollars. Really. A million dollars. And then, um, but then after that, it was a nightmare because him and Vino were like, we can't, we can't really involve in the first team until you play a reserve game. It was like, you, you need to do it properly. So I'd, I'd, on the reserve game, they didn't play me. They did put me on the bench. I played 20 minutes of this reserve game. And then the next game was Norwich at home for Middlesbrough. And then it, I was in the squad. He put me on the bench and I came on for about half an hour at Norwich at home. So I'd only played 20 minutes. And Vino was laughing. He's like, Stevie Gerrard has to do 90 minutes for the reserve, 60 minutes. He said, Franksy, 20 minutes. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, it was all like surreal. It was all happening so fast. And I was like, Whoa. and I felt unbelievable after that Norwich game. I was like, I'm back now, like really buzzing. And then there was a reserve game that week. So I started that reserve game and um, I should have really come off after like 60, 75. And I was like, oh, fine, fine. Literally like the 90th minute just felt like my quad. Just just a little niggle. So it, it, that held me back like a couple of weeks. And it was like, oh, here come the niggles. Got a few niggles. Then I came back. Then I was back involved. Made a couple of appearances. Then um, the gaffer pulled me and he was like, uh, Bournemouth have been on the phone. So at the time, Bournemouth were League One. They were top of League One. And it was uh, Sean O'Driscoll was the manager. And he said, no, he wasn't. Sorry, Sean O'Driscoll had left. He'd, he'd set the team up. I think Ed, um, Lee Bradbury was manager. We want to take you on loan. Um, do you want to go type thing? He said, the top of the league, you'll do well. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll go. So Trust. I was meant to go down on the Monday, fly down on the Monday. I trained on the Sunday because we'd had a game Saturday and lads who didn't get on trained on Sunday. I'd done my ankle ligaments in training on the Sunday. So I was like, so that like knocked that up really. So I didn't even end up going there. And then I was out for like two, three months with that. And then it was uh, about April time I came back from that. Then I made a couple of appearances even there. Um, and then the season finished. Um, so that, that was a frustrating year because I've gone from being a big part of the squad under Strachan, um, who managed me quite well. Didn't play me every game. Picked and chose the games to put me in. Um probably to protect me as a young boy, telling me everything's fine, get my back sorted, to a new manager coming in when I'm injured, to impressing him, to then just getting setback after setback after setback, and it was just frustrating. So um, I just needed to get get my head down and get back into pre-season that year, really. Um, and it was um, like the last year of my deal as well, so I needed a big year. Um, and again, injuries and stuff just killed it. But that, that middle year under Mowbray was... It was enjoyable, but frustrating, you're right, yeah. And that spell, really, must have been kind of the most decisive of your career in, in some ways, that season, because had, had had you stayed fit then, playing for a manager who clearly rated you in like a playing style that had suited you, a team that was doing well at the time, you'd have, you'd have I guess, got a new long-term deal and, 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 and things could have turned out very, very differently for you. 100%, yeah. Um, like you said, in, in football, it's it's opinions, it's injuries. Obviously, if you if if I do my bit, then I can't do any more. And that's what I was like. I'd make sure I did everything right. Um, everything else is out of my control. And like you say, for me, it was at that at that stage of my career, it, it was for that two years, really, was just injury after injury. A little niggle, a bad injury, a niggle. And it was, it was a nightmare, really. And... Uh, you know, I struggled with it, but 
Um, like you say, it was a bit up and down and it could have been, if I didn't get the niggles, I didn't get the injuries, if I took my chance under Mowbray, um, then things would have been different. But like you say, it was it was difficult to get that opportunity and uh, it was frustrating. I think kind of like the next year was he brought players in and then I was trying to break in injuries again. But like you say, it could have been very, very different. And that, and that last year, I always, the, the, my last year, so I'd come back in pre-season um, and I remember me and Andy Halliday had a really good pre-season. Um, I was like, right, I'm going to be involved here. And the first game of the season, we weren't involved. Um, and then after a few games, he pulled us and said, look, you, you can go on loan. And I was I was absolutely gutted with that because I'd worked hard over pre-season. I thought I'd like merited a, a place in the squad and it was difficult to take for that. So, like you say, I, went, I, I did go on loan to Oxford and that was when I, I had another injury after two days. When when you did leave, then it was it was to pools, wasn't it? Um, yeah. What what's that like then as a as a Borough fan? You know, you, you've kind of lived your boy your dream of playing for the club you support and love. What what's it like making that decision and, and admitting to yourself that maybe you do have to go that you know that it, that, that that your time at the club's up. It, it's difficult. I kind of knew. Um, I mean, go, going back to that summer before when I loan was I had a meeting with Mowbray. And we'd played Doncaster on the last game of the season. Now, Sean O'Driscoll was the manager of Doncaster. So, I was... Sean O'Driscoll wanted to sign me, basically, at Doncaster. And Mowbray basically pulled me and said, Doncaster want to sign you. Uh, they were going to pay. Would have been fine. The championship still. Um, for me, financially, it would have been a big lift. Um, but... Mowbray was kind of like, look, I do like you and I want you to come and get into my team type thing. And me as a butter boy at the time was like, oh, yeah, well, brilliant. I've got another year left. Yeah, fine. And then that's when, like you say, injuries, injuries. And I was kind of like, looking back now as naive, I should have maybe turned around and said, right, well, if you want to keep me here, give me a new deal type thing. But as a 20-year-old lad, I'm not thinking money, I'm not thinking money financially long-term. I'm thinking I just want to play for for my team that I support. If I've got a chance to do that, I'm going to do that. So again, things could have been different for my Middlesbrough career, but things could have been a lot different in my full career because could have got to Doncaster in the Championship under Sean O'Driscoll, who was a total football man, another another football coach. Um, so I was a bit disappointed. So, so that's why I was so good when the gaffer said, you can go on loan, because I was a bit like, I could have left in the summer. I could have sorted myself out like long term but it is what it is it's all time and it's hindsight it's brilliant and then rolling going on the low I went on loan to Yeovil remember before the end of the season and uh, from February to the end of the season and, and that little block under Gary Johnson just I've got the bug back again for football kind of like I was a bit down in the dumps because um, I knew my time was up at Borough and I probably wouldn't get another opportunity um, 21 year old now and I'm thinking but Yeovil, like Gary Johnson, I loved every minute of it. And I probably played some of the best football in my career there. Um, but like you say, um, I went to Pools, decided to go to Pools in the summer, um, who were League One at the time. So it was a, it was a league down, but I was still living at home. Um, and uh, it was Neil Cooper, who was the manager there. And again, great guy and made you feel a million dollars. And that's, that's the main reason why I signed. Just before we talk Pools then... Um... Who, who was the best player you played with at Borough? Mendieta. 100%. Like, 
unbelievable player. Like he, he was class. Like just stuff he did. Like you, you just think, how's he done that? Like you ask for the ball, he'll give you it. You're on the ball, he's always available. His attitude. He was brilliant, really, really good player. Yeah, and um, like you say, I learned a lot from him just by watching him train. Um, such a brilliant player. And obviously, you go to pools. You, you stay at home. You're still what? Only 24, 25? No, no, I left. Uh, I was twenty-two. Twenty-two when I went to pools. Right, right. Sorry. Um, so at that stage, you're still obviously a young lad, but but it didn't work out for pool. Did they get relegated in your first year yeah. there? So Which obviously, had, when yeah. you go to pools, you're not expecting to be playing League Two football a year down the line. So, yeah. how do you reflect on that spell? Well, I, I loved it because it was pools, and I love pools. And again, like pools and Middlesbrough, my two teams. Like um, we've gone there, League One. I think they just finished tenth, and the gaffer was like, "Look, we're, we're not going to have a big goal." But he said, "We've got a good squad." He said, "I just need a winger, I need a centre forward, and I need a centre midfield player." Basically, he said, that's all my budget's given me. Um, he said, I'd like a couple more, but that's all they're allowing me. So he brought me in, excuse me, uh, Steve Howard and Simon Walton. And pre-season was strange. We hardly did any running in pre-season. We were with um, at the university and we did like loads of gym work. But I'd done loads of running anyway. I'd done loads of running with Walsy that summer. So I was fit. It was so it was fine for me. But some of the lads were just like not really fit. They were just gym fit, training fit. They weren't, didn't do any running or anything like that. But we had a really, really good squad for that level. And for whatever reason, we just got off to a terrible start. Like I remember we drew the first game at home to Swindon, nil-nil. Um, but after that, like it just was downhill. We just lost game after game after game. And then Neil Cooper, to be fair, was just like, I'm walking away and he walked away. Um, but then John Hughes came in from Scotland and he made a few signings and he looked, he was another one, absolutely loved me. Brought in Charlie Wyke. Um, Steve Howard went on loan to Sheffield Wednesday and we were playing some unbelievable stuff. Like We went on to read two really good runs. We were, we were down and out, basically. I remember there was 16, 17 games left and the gaffer was like, we'll go win them all and we'll stay up. I think like we won like five out of seven and then won like the like four out of five, four out of six. And it was like, and in the end, we just fell short. Um, but as f another, again, coach-wise, brilliant. He had us playing football. He play he, All he wanted us to do was play with a smile on our face. And he, he did that and he kind of, he had a team of, workhorses but he had lads who wanted to play and he, he kind of knew who was who and he, he looked after me he looked after James Poole and he looked after Charlie White because he played kind of us three as the forward three and he, he just was it, the game plan was all around getting it around to us and stuff like that and we had at the back Peter Hartley at the back Sam Collins Neil Austin Sweeney was in, in and around the squad Cy, Cy Walton Cy Walton under Neil Cooper was he'll admit he, he struggled but we all struggled and then under Yogi, he was, you'd uh, say, you're thinking, Sai, how are you playing League One? You should be playing where are you? Like, football-wise, he was brilliant when he wanted to be. But um, I enjoyed it. Even though we got we got relegated, I enjoyed it. And then John Hughes left in that summer. That's when Coops came in. But like you say, from going from championship teams wanting to sign you to going to League One thinking, like, well, 
I'll be in League One and we'll have a little go at playoffs and see what happens and try to get a move. Because, like you say, the Yeovil move went really well and there was options for me to go to other clubs. But I went to Pools because Neil Cooper basically sold me, sold me it. And to then be playing League Two a year later, you're a bit like, how's this happened? But you're under contract and you, you just get your head down and, uh, and do what you've got to do with Pools, yeah? I know we're fast forwarding a couple of years here, but you you end up in Iceland. Um, how how on earth did that come about? And and not just the football. What's that like as an experience going over there? So Iceland obviously was a, a few years later. The, um, like you say, Iceland came out of nowhere. I I just finished my time at Wrexham. Um, I and just quick, just quickly on Wrexham. I mean, I, I bet you're imagining now looking back that it was a few years later you ended up there and not. Not, not back then, because it's mad, isn't it? What's happening? What's happening there? <laughs> complete, complete change. I mean, it's a great club. It really is great. It, it was fan owned when I was there, but they get they've got a big fan base. Even though that's the stand behind the goal was you weren't allowed there. They still got seven, eight thousand, and a really, really nice club. Close knit community, lovely fans, lovely town, um, great people, and I, I'm pleased for them. I'm really, really pleased for them. And I know people who, from the outside will. They call them Hollywood FC and all that, but I, I think they deserve it. Like it's a great club, and it's in the it, it was in the wrong league, and they're there for a reason. Don't get me wrong, but um, the fans have kept it going because they own, like you say, they owned it, um, and uh, and they've got the they got they've got lucky with the takeover and, and fair play to them. Um, I loved it at Wrexham. Absolutely loved it. I was only there for a few months, six months at the end of the season, but um, a really good club and. Like I say, I'm I'm pleased for them now, yeah. And and yeah, sorry. Then then it was to Iceland. Yeah, then it was Iceland after Wrexham. Yeah, yeah. Um, go on. Yeah, I was going to say, just tell me about that as an experience. Iceland was Iceland was uh, brilliant. I absolutely loved it. For for me, with um, the family, like the kids, a different life, complete different life, like. If I didn't have the kids, I could have just I could have stayed there forever, no problem. Obviously, I need to get them back really with education and stuff. But um, it, it was unbelievable lifestyle, just so relaxed. The the local people, there's no, there's never no traffic, no one's rushing around. Everyone, everyone's just with a smile on the face every day. If they've got a job to do, they do it, they do it properly, and then they enjoy themselves after that. Um, kids, children, just play out. You don't know where they are, but they're playing out and safe. I remember Bella was my eldest daughter was five, five and six, and she was just out playing. She'd come home from nursery, go out playing. Well, I, I didn't know where she was, but if she was at a friend's house, the mum would say, "Just let you know Bella's here." Vice versa. But if they weren't at the house, you knew they were safe, and it was surreal. Like hard to get used to, but the kids loved it. Like she self-taught herself how to ride a bike. Everything, just do it. And then the kids out there, they play out no matter what the weather is. The only, the only, the only time the kids are not playing out is when the police drive round and say it's too windy. <laughs> get yourself home <laughs> in the winter, whether it's snowing, they're out playing football on the Astro in the snow in the snowsuits. If it's boiling hot, they're out. It's brilliant. And, and what's the football like? The football, like, I'm going to compare it to Scotland because it's the same league. Like, there's 12 teams, 14 teams. Um, you've got two or three teams that are like your Celtic and your Rangers who are very, very good. 
Um, and then you've got like a little group of teams, like your Hearts, your Hibs, your Aberdeens. You've got three or four teams that are like a little bit better than the average group. And then you've got the average group. And then you always have like one shit team every year that just the shit. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like same with Scotland. Someone in the Premier League always has a stinker one year. Um, used to always be Hamilton, but then they'd always stay up and you're like... <laughs> um, but not very similar to Scotland as in, as in the standard of the teams. You've got really good middle batch, bottom batch. Um, but yeah, really, really good. Really enjoyed it. Completely different because the season was April to October. So it was different to get your head around that because uh, that's the... It's not the summer, but the warmer season. Um so, but yeah, brilliant. Really, really enjoyed it and um, made some good friends out there. The people are really lovely and just welcome you in. And Like say, Gary Martin went out there 19 and he's still there now. He's 33. He's um, He loves it out there and like I say, he's got another year there, so he'll go back out there. And, and, and bringing it forward to now then, um, and Whitby, and this weekend, away to Bristol Rovers. We, we talked about this just before we started. Jo- Joey Barton was sacked recently as manager. There must have been a part of you that's a bit disappointed, I think, because I mean, I know, I know, maybe just because of the name and what he achieved as a player. But would would you have liked to have gone head to head with him on the dugout and kind of seen how he operates down there as manager? Yeah, it would have been good. Obviously, Joey Barton, he's a everyone knows him. He's a bit of a character and stuff like that. But the things I've heard about Joey just within the football community is he's dedicated. He's a dedicated boy, and um, he's one of them. I think you either take to him or you don't take to him. Um, and it would have been interesting to see what what he was like management style. Um, I played against him a couple of times. Um, I think once in the league and once in the reserve game, and he was no bother on the pitch. Like whether nobody probably wound him up that day, but um, <laughs> I do kind of like his attitude. Is like he's a winner, so it would have been good. It would have been interesting, really interesting. I think he's calmed down a lot. Um, like you say, it's a cup game, anything can happen. But yeah, I was a bit disappointed when he got the sack because, like I mentioned to you off air, we've got all this analysis on what they're like under Joey Barton. Um, only takes you so far, the analysis, but it gives you a little bit. And now he's gone, so it's kind of like how they're going to go about it. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it, it's football at the end of the day and um, it's a ruthless business. This must be Whitby's biggest game in a fair old while, is it? I think so, yeah. I think 20, 30 years, something like that. Um it's a bit. It's a big occasion. I, th- I was speaking to Bully yesterday. Um, I think they're on about ten five hundred fans down, which for Whitby's, well, I think away games usually you you, you might get thirty, um, because as you know, Whitby's kind of like the catchment of Whitby's tiny. Um, so for for a club like Whitby's, really good. I mean, home games we we got. Did we get about a thousand eleven hundred at the FA Cup game, Chelmsford? But. That's brilliant for Whitby. You, I think the average is like five, six hundred. So we're going to be taking that away to um, Bristol Rovers. So it'd be a really good occasion, like you say. It's a little bit like a cup final. And um, hang on, the dogs just walking. I'm making. Don't worry, it's all right because we're wrapping like, up now anyway. But go on, get out. I'll just go. Oli, you shut that door. It's um, fine, don't worry. A little bit like cup final, like you say, we're all taking our kids down, all the coaching staff, backroom team, we're all taking our kids down, Whitby strips, um, a little bit like cup final. And, and for the lads, 
You're going to be busy after this. <laughs> um, for the lads, um, some lads have played. Like I know Hawksy was with me at Pools. He's played League One standard, League Two standard. Danny Rowe was in and around at Rotherham, being at Wickham. Um, off the top of me, yeah. Brad, Brad, I came to watch the mass game earlier season. Brad Fuster, former Borough striker, is there, isn't he? Fuster's there, yeah. Um, so there's lads who have played that sort of level um, and will understand <clears> it. And there's lads who have never been that level before. We've got young lads um, in the squad. I'll give you an example of Alfie Doherty, who's just been released from Middlesbrough in the summer. Um, who's had he didn't get an opportunity. I think he'd done his cruise shit twice at Middlesbrough in, in his three years there. So he's a really good player, and he's he, he's got potential to go play that sort of level. And I think with a cup games like this, anything can happen. That's why everybody loves the FA Cup. And me, between me, Beatty and Nath, the good thing about us three is like. It's a class management group like with three completely different characters. Um and we all just bounce off each other. None of us are yes men. We are we have disagreements daily. Um ultimately Nathan makes the decisions and once he's made his decision, we'll be at we back him all the way. We just give him our opinions and he listens to us. Sometimes he takes our opinion or my opinion, Bertie's, sometimes he doesn't. But it's perfect. Like the three of us work really, really well, and um, we've all had experience. Like we all know, Beatty's with his injuries, but playing-wise, Europe competitions, uh, FA Cup runs, um, he'd been there and done that with Middlesbrough. Um, myself. I was say that. Sorry, sorry, just to put in again, I was going to mention Matty Bates, um, who's obviously there with you. you. You touched on the injuries there. He was some player, wasn't he? Had it not been for those injuries, he was. He was. He was some talent. Some player, Beatty was, yeah. Um, I always tell everyone this, right? Because his last year at Middlesbrough, he'd, so he'd already done his cruciate four times. I think he'd done three on one, one on the other. So he'd done four, and he's back playing. Middlesbrough captain, playing every week. Middlesbrough have offered him a new deal. He's got Swansea in the Premier League wanting to sign him. He's got Wolverhampton Wanderers in the Premier League wanting to sign him. After four cruciates, like... And then he ultimately in the April he'd done his cruciate again his fifth time and that kind of like killed him off. Brute. Never really recovered from that. But after after four cruciates, you've got Premier League teams wanting to pay money for you. I mean, that tells you that you're some player. And, and Beatty was was a brilliant player. Like, um, just so so unlucky with his injuries and it, it killed him because he could have been top top player. Like. So if a Premier League team's wanting to bid a couple of million for you after four cruciates, you've had no cruciates. You're, you're you're going top level. Don't care what anyone says, and he's brilliant. And he's and he's been he's been brilliant for Whitby, outstanding for the defenders because his knowledge of defending and stuff like that is brilliant. And like you say, he's had experiences in the cup competitions. I've had experience. I've had good experiences, bad experience in the cup. Scotland, we obviously won the the Scottish Cup at Ross County, uh, beating Celtic and stuff like that on the run. But then I've had the things where at Hartlepool where we get beat off Blythe on the telly. Beatty was there with me. So we've both been the big teams, getting beat off the little teams, both being the underdogs, beating big teams. We've just got to give that to the lads. And um, I watched, just a little thing before, I watched the, the Wrexham, watching the Wrexham documentary at the moment and um, they went on the cup run last year, didn't they? They ended up going out to Sheffield United in the end, but they beat Coventry along the way, took Sheffield United to a... To run them. What Parkinson said to them is, believe in yourselves, you are a good team, but you've got to use your brain, you've got to 
work harder than you've ever worked before. Because if they're going to beat you, you've got to let them know that they haven't beat you easily. They've had, you've had to give them a good game for them to beat you. And I think that we've got to do that at Bristol Rovers. We're obviously going to have a game plan and stuff like that, but the lads are going to have to work harder than they've ever worked before. Um, and you never know if they get a bit of lady luck on the day, then that's what it'll be. But if they are going to beat us, then we're going to leave there and they're going to be thinking they've given us a good game today. We got a bit lucky or, or whatever. Um, we've got to put on them. Brilliant. Well, well, best of luck. Um, I'm at Plymouth Saturday, another long trip. Um, but I'll obviously be keeping an eye on on, on how things are going there. Um, thanks again for your time. Really, really appreciate it. We'll keep in touch and obviously hope to get you back on again at some point. As I mentioned at the start, we, we will be back at the at the end of the week for a for a normal episode looking ahead to Borough's trip to Plymouth and back on the on the uh, on the win at Exeter. If if you're watching on YouTube, as we always say, please subscribe, leave any comments you want us to discuss, uh, and please rate and review and follow on the podcast channels as well. But thanks so much again for your time, mate. Really appreciate that and enjoy it and best of luck this weekend. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me and thank you. Have a good trip. Brilliant. Cheers and you take care. Good, mate.